Hello and welcome to another episode of Joe Blogs About Films. Thank you so much, as usual, for clicking on the podcast. If you've shared it as well, you are a superhero. Thank you ever, ever so much. This is episode 42. I did promise you on the back of my uh, spoiler-free review of Spider-Man No Way Home that I would do a spoiler-filled discussion, review, whatever it is. And that's what you're getting right here in this episode. A massive thank you if you checked out the podcast before. It is available on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, as to rss.com. If you can jump onto Facebook as well, search Joe Blogs About Films. And if you like it, you can see what's going on and what is going to be uploaded. But also, if you hit notification on Apple, Spotify, Google, etc., would you believe you'll be notified when the new episode is, uh, yeah, is uploaded? But here we are, though, episode forty-two. Really, really looking forward to going over this film with you because it's kind of been killing me in a way. Not to, you know, especially on the last review that I did, the spoiler-free one, where I was kind of, ah, oh, can I say this or can I say that? But this is like spoilers all on the table. So if you've not seen the film yet, obviously, I mean, what are you doing listening to this podcast episode? But yeah, this is your final warning before we do jump into it. Because um, I don't want to be responsible, obviously, for spoiling this film for, for whoever. Um, because, good Lord, this film was really, really good and had so many, so many surprises. I'm going to try and cover it all for you right here in this episode. So this is your last warning right now before we jump into it. So turn off now and come back later. Go watch the film. Go and see Spider-Man No Way Home for starters. Definitely do that and then come back and listen in. So if you're still with me, I'm assuming you've seen it and you're ready to dive into spoilers. Here we go. The Spider-Men are in this film. I am so happy to say that, that all three of them, Andrew Garfield, Tobey Maguire, my boy, and Tom Holland, all feature in Spider-Man No Way Home. It was the worst-kept secret, let's be honest. It was something that we'd all kind of been, well, wanting for a while, especially me. Like, I, I've been really, really, like, interested and intrigued to see whether Sony and Marvel would bring in these other Spider-Men eventually down the line, you know, kind of have a, a live-action Spider-Verse film. It was just amazing. Like I can't begin to explain the 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 warmth and the sheer happiness I had of, of obviously first seeing Andrew Garfield jump onto the screen and then obviously when Tom Maguire stepped through that portal. Oh my god. <laughs> like it was just absolutely fantastic. And I will say that obviously every single Spider-Man in this film really really nailed it. Tom Holland's performance as I already mentioned in the first uh, the first spoiler-free review that I did really really just did such a fantastic just acting job really. I think it was the best portrayal of Peter Parker and Spider-Man that Tom Holland's ever ever done really I said he's done a I think it's about this is his sixth out in a Spider-Man now and I think this is easily his best his best uh, his best performance sorry I think that like I said the the depth and the layers and such that he brings in and and, and especially you know like I say the 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 sheer emotion that's in this film as well for his character and his Peter Parker which we're going to jump into as well because I said I, I did feel there would be some kind of like significant loss in this film and we do get that of course to say with the sad passing of Aunt May really really shifted and, and just changed the film and made it so much darker especially with some of the characters that are in there um, but we will come to that as I say and I can't wait to talk a little bit more about the villains as well in particular Willem Dafoe because boy oh boy I did say in the previous podcast as well that he really really shone bright in this film and he stole the show for me in terms of the villains of course he did of course he did it's Willem Dafoe for Christ's sake but we'll come to that a little bit later because I really want to just stick with the Spider-Man at the moment because as I say when Ned opened that portal I, I, I as soon as we saw that the, the, the white eye of a Spider-Man in the distance like peering through and they were shouting Peter I was like that's got to be Garfield that looks too much like Garfield and then it was he took the mask off and it was just just wonderful I was really happy in a way as well that the, the, the Spider-Man came into it 
uh, without like it wasn't their, their first exchange wasn't with Tom Holland's Peter Parker. This could get confusing actually because there's a lot of Peter Parkers in this uh, in this film. So we'll uh, we'll we'll see how we can do. I'd probably just refer to them as Andrew and Toby, this that and the other. But you know what I mean, anyways. Uh, but I really enjoyed. Sorry that it was it was MJ and Ned that got the first interaction with these other Spider Men who kind of like met them for the first time and were just a bit like, oh, this is obviously they're the they're, they're Peters from other universes kind of thing. And I thought the humor as well, well well balanced. And I think we needed that kind of uplift a little bit because obviously the scene before was the tragic passing of Aunt May but then you know we had that kind of like moment to to, to grieve and, and to go through that uh, and take in what had really just happened and, and I can't wait to say to talk about like some of the cinematography aspect of it as well of of Peter Parker and, and you know like coming to terms with that loss um, but I, I thought that MJ and Ned with with Andrew Garfield in particular because um, you're going to hear me probably praise Andrew Garfield a lot in this uh, in this review because I think he did an absolutely absolutely fantastic job really really out of the three Spider-Men I think that he's the one as you can see on the internet and online everyone is like kind of just in love with his character again we're in love with his portrayal as peter parker and rightly so because i've had no issues whatsoever with any of this of, of the actors playing spider-man like i enjoyed the first amazing spider-man film i really didn't like the amazing spider-man too but i will say it has moments in there that are great in particular when spider-man's swinging around the city in new york or this that and the other it, it looked great like some of the some of the the, the the motion the flow of it you know fluidity was just wonderful and, and it reminded me again of like playing the ps4 game or whatever of spider-man so i thought that he was a great spider-man it's just a shame that the stories were just not up to the same caliber as likes of Tom Maguire's trilogy and obviously we've seen now with Tom Holland just what the MCU and, and Sony can can put out there because this film like the closing trilogy of of these homecoming films have just been it's been amazing it's amazing like overall like it's been such a fantastic like origin tale for Tom Holland and it's nice to incorporate the other Spider-Man into it I'm kind of fleeting from here there and everywhere but just go with me because I say there's so many so much I want to kind of go over with this film because uh yeah, it's just absolutely like so the scene. I'll come back to obviously just the introduction of the two Spider Men of Toby and Andrew for a second, but that scene on the scaffolding when they all kind of come together at the Statue of Liberty and they're trying to get the plan together and like, look, we need to focus on one at a time, one villain at a time, and and then they run off and then they start swinging together. I could have stood up in the cinema and just applauded because it was, oh, <laughs> you know, you just think like I've waited so long to see this. Like I've waited an eternity just to see like the live action Spider-Man together on screen. Like let's, let's be frank. Like did any of us actually really ever expect this to, to happen? Cause it was almost like a pipe dream. And it, this is why I was like saying before, like this is like a celebration of Spider-Man because it's almost like Sony and, and, and Marvel have just given this for the fans. They've done this for the fans. And I'm just like, yeah, there's fan pleasing moments in there. Maybe too much at times catering to the fan, fan pleasing an aspect of it but I ain't complaining as a fan I am sat here like yes mate keep them coming like some of the nods and such I mean I can't even look at scaffolding anymore like there's a neighbour like who's got who's having some work done I look at the scaffolding I'm half expecting like a Spider-Man just to drop down and start web swinging I'm like I literally can't look at scaffolding the same anymore it's, it's crackers honestly but that sequence to stay at the Statue of Liberty which again probably go over a little bit more because there's a lot to take in with that so many villains and obviously where we get to at the end of the film but yeah when, when the three of them were swinging together oh jeez knees it was just 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 fantastic to watch it just really really just made me so so happy like i said smiling from ear to ear throughout this film uh really like i said with the altercations and the interchange between the spider-man like when when andrew first comes in and, it, and it's and it's like you know that that moment between him and mj when she's like trying to figure out like if he is legit peter parker and if he can do the same you know if he could well if he's spider-man kind of thing and then when she's throwing the bread at him <laughs> And he's like, I have the thing, I just don't have it for bread. Like trying to work out if he had the spider sense kind of thing. And he's like hanging from the hanging from the ceiling. And she's like, oh, crawl around. He's like, no, this is plenty. This is absolutely fine. He just stole the show, Andrew Garfield. Like he genuinely did. I felt like it was just 
he was made to be a Spider-Man and it's such a shame that we never got like more films with him in and by the sounds of it from what I hear online obviously other than the fact that people really want more of him that Sony and Marvel are actually thinking about maybe incorporating him or including him in future films down the line or whatever they say if they're going to continue this road of the multiverse this that and the other then uh, then why not eh why not because uh, I'd love to see I mean I'm happy to have Toby back as well obviously Toby Maguire is like my favourite Spider-Man, of course. Like, for me, growing up, he was my Spider-Man. I, this is what I love about this, is that it's like everyone's got their own Spider-Man. You know, kids today, they probably have only seen Tom Holland films at the cinema, and that's absolutely great. Like, they've had fantastic experience watching Tom Holland as Spider-Man. Same for people who went through Andrew Garfield as well at, at that age of being able to watch Andrew Garfield films. I am of a very, like, fortunate generation, as many people listening and many friends of mine or whoever, that we've managed to watch every single live-action Spider-Man film at the cinema. So to see these all three together... It's just like nostalgia at its pure finest. Like, it's so, so bloody good. Like, honestly, this film and the treats that are within this just don't stop. Like, when Toby steps through and you're like, oh, man, I've missed that face. I've missed it. And obviously, the organic web shooters, there's loads of discussions around that. And, like, almost at times, you could say there was, like, kind of, like, like kind of, going off on what memes and such have been saying online about their characters or whatever, this, that, and the other. I think the only thing was missing was a bit of, like, Bully Maguire, a bit of dancing, you know, going to put some dirt in his eyes, something ridiculous. And we'd have all just been, like, on the floor, just like, yes, mate! But, like, what we got was just absolutely fantastic from all of them. Like I said, I, I was so much looking forward to Tobey Maguire, but Andrew Garfield, 100%, those two returning, stole the show with it. But it was just lovely to see those two just interact and, and obviously interact then again with, with Peter Parker and hearing different stories, different tales, because, obviously, following the loss of Aunt May, you know, Peter's gunning, Tom Holland's Peter, that is, he's gunning to kill the goblin for what he's done. You know, he's the reason why she's she's gone now. Like, she's essentially was his, like, Uncle Ben role in the MCU. You know, she gave him the with great power comes great responsibility line, which I liked that, that she managed to deliver that line. At least, like, someone within this this universe has said it on screen because I know we never got the origin of, of Spider-Man, of Tom Holland's Spider-Man, sorry, in the MCU because it's been done over and over again. And we never got to see, obviously, Uncle Ben's tragic passing and demise. Um, so it, I felt like would anyone ever say that to him and because this trilogy is like an origin trilogy when you look at it now and you watch them in their entirety these spider-man films or when you watch peter parker tom holland's peter parker that is in these in the films he's starred in it's just been building to this and building to him becoming spider-man like spider-man you know what i mean like obviously by the end of the film he's on his own he's left left in new york obviously got his own suit made it himself and he's off and he's the spider-man that we're all familiar with and the same as like you know most of the comics and such um and these films have been building to that like it's been a real journey for him like you've seen people online probably sharing the fact that you know in the first one he was just this little this young boy that wanted to be an avenger the second one he's just obviously you know understanding his responsibility as an avenger almost or at least not not wanting to take the mantle off Iron Man but having to cope with all these new responsibilities there and then by this one he is now like he, he's, he, he is you know a man almost like he's he's grown up he's gone through and lived through so much turmoil and so much you know destruction throughout wherever he's gone kind of thing that he's now got to like run with that responsibility um, and and the interaction is saying particularly obviously when when the, all three Spider-Mens are together and they're talking about their like vengeful side in particular obviously Andrew Garfield when he's you know talking about you know the loss of Gwen and how that turned him into a vengeful Spider-Man almost like Mitch kind of think was he like turning into like the Batman like going around just like brutally just knocking down people and just not stopping his punches because he says I didn't hold back my punches kind of thing and you don't want to become that the same for Tobey Maguire as well you know after Uncle Ben died he went after the killer that he thought was the well, so he went after the, the the culprit that he thought was the killer of Uncle Ben and although he got you know the, the, the culprit sadly was the cause of his own demise 
it was what Tobe Maguire wanted in that moment. He had hatred and vengeance that he wanted to, you know, kind of avenge his uncle for for what had happened. So it's a path that they they didn't want Tom Holland to go down. It was so great as well that it was Tobe Maguire that stopped him from pursuing that that road almost. And obviously, when when Tom Holland picks up the glider when he's tackling the goblin and ready to impale him once again, it's Tom it's Tobe Maguire that's like, no, no, we're not having that. Like obviously, he doesn't say that, but like he stops him, and you know, it helps Spider Man just you know grow even more a little bit like he doesn't need to to do that that's not what spider-man is that's not the message behind spider-man you know so i thought overall that the three spider-men together were absolutely amazing like i say it was just absolutely fantastic the interactions like the whole thing of you know the, the nods and such when they're discussing about what villains that they fought when they were on the statue of liberty and you know tom mcguire's like oh, i fought like a, an alien from space you know referencing venom and like then you've got andrew garfield that's like oh you guys are so cool man you've been to space is that and the other you fought things from space now i'm there fighting some russian guy in a in a rhino you know a, a metal rhino suit and then you know i just i just i just thought they they just did such a good job being the spider-man again like no one seemed to be like kind of there just to be like yep getting paid for this this is that i just felt that they were just so so like back in those roles again and and like i said so many jokes between them like what was it they call when andrew calls him like a cool youth pastor or something like that calling tom mcguire a cool youth pastor or something where's you have you got your suit or anything oh it was just it was just great seeing them all together again like I, it was something that like i said on previous podcasts i was like really really expecting to happen i felt like that we couldn't have these other spider-men oh so we couldn't have these spider-men villains sorry from these other films in this in no way home and not have toby and andrew popping up so i think it was a great move to probably keep that close to the chest obviously keep the cards close to the from Sony and Marvel um, just really think it was all executed just amazingly well and they were in it for a lot more than what I thought they were going to be like I'd heard you know there's obviously those rumours and such online that they were definitely going to pop into it and they would be in for it for a, a bit of a chunk of the film yeah it was great they were in so much more than what I was expecting them to be I was kind of like not expecting them to turn up at the final battle and be like yeah we'll join and kick some ass together but I didn't really expect them to be in for as long as they were. So I loved it. So the lab sequence as well, when Ned's like Peter and they're all like, we're all Peter's like Peter Parker. So we're all Peter. <laughs> it was just great. Like, honestly, I could sit and go over as much as I loved about the Spider-Man together, but it was just excellent to have them, have them together, have those great moments, those nods and, and just seeing them swinging together. Like I say, it was so, so good. So good. And the back reference as well, my back, you know, like I was like, Oh, this is just, this is just wonderful. Um, so what we'll do is I, I, I definitely will be probably talking about the Spider-Man again at some point within this. Cause it was just amazing to see, like I keep saying, uh, but I really want to like kind of jump to maybe the story of the film, because I, I wasn't expecting it to go down the route that it was, especially this whole aspect of Peter, Tom Holland's Peter, that is wanting to cure these villains. Because I said before that I felt it might've been a little bit too naive for Peter to think that he could change and help these villains. Um, in particular, I say when, when I saw the trailers and the, and it showed you that when he was told it's their fate to die fighting Spider-Man like I mean yeah it is naive of him to think that he can stop these villains from from being villains almost uh, especially when you've got the likes of Willem Dafoe's Goblin who oh my god like I, I can't wait to talk about him in a second or two but like I just felt that story was really interesting like that, that of course Peter Parker after everything that's gone off with Mysterio and the fact that people think he's like well people are split aren't they people they know his identity they've they've heard this twisted tale of Mysterio dying at the hands of Spider-Man so there's obviously going to be people that are going to believe that and there's going to be people that don't believe it and it's kind of that like fallouts with that that really start to have those repercussions and effects on other characters within the film such as Happy Aunt May Ned M. Jervis not getting an MIT so as, as, as to Peter sorry um, so it's that response 
responsibility again that Peter's got to take. And that's why, obviously, he's then determined to change things. And the spell that Doctor Strange is casting, obviously, in this doesn't sound like it's such a big deal, obviously, kind of like to wipe that memory clean almost, especially when he's making like a bit of jokes with, with Wong about it, saying they've done it for far less. Um, but what was interesting enough when I was watching it a few times, I've seen the film a couple of times now at the cinema, is that each time, I think the spell is attempted six times, five times interrupted by Peter and six, obviously, in total. And we get, obviously, the five main villains and then Venom in the post credit scene. So I thought that was a great attention to detail. Like, great, like, you know, these main main five villains have come in. We've got the sixth one in the post credit scene. I will come to that in a second, because the post credit scene is the only thing that I was a little bit mm, about with this film as to maybe the... I think I feel like Doc Ock was underused a little bit, like not in the back. Because like I said, this film is a hundred percent a ten out of ten for me. Don't get me wrong; like there's too much in this film for me to be like, oh yeah, it's dropping a mark or whatever. It's a definite ten out of ten. As a Spider-Man fan, as an avid Spider-Man fan, as I'm sure you guys listening will agree, this is a great, great, great Spider-Man film. So it's nothing, not taking away anything from um, yeah from the film. It's a hundred percent a ten out of ten. There's just a couple of things in there that I think could have been done a little bit, or at least I don't know. I, I'm there saying it could have been done a little bit differently, but then I'm like, I don't really want anything to change with this film because it was amazing. Um, but, you know, the spell aspect of it, like, you know, it sounds like it was, it sounds like the spell easily could have worked. It's just that Peter obviously kept changing it. And and I, I felt that Doctor Strange, by having him and, and this kind of, like, battle between Peter of arguing about the fact that they were like, you know, you, you, you we've got to send them back, you can't cure them kind of thing. I thought it was a great dynamic. I felt that, of course, like I said before, that, like, Doctor Strange isn't going to treat Peter any differently to any other Avenger. Granted, he does have a bit of a soft spot for him because he's like, he's been through enough as it is. Let's try and help him out a bit. But at the same time, it's like, right, you you did all that. You you meddled. We've ruined it. We've we've absolutely buggered up the multiverse. You need to fix it, and I'll help you fix it. But at the end of the day, they need to go back to where they are. He would. I, I, there's no like kind of like leeway with that. It's a case of it's Doctor Strange's way or no way. But that's what I thought was just a great like kind of great to see them butt heads a little bit. Great to see like Peter Parker again like becoming becoming his own. I say his own character, I don't mean that as in he wasn't his own character before, but you're just becoming his own man kind of thing. Like, no, I'm going to do what I think is best for these because I always do that. That's what I, that is what I do. I am Spider-Man. I'm the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. I will fix this, uh, but I'll do it in my way rather than being told what to do by a magic wizard. Um, and I, th- I felt that it was the right point to, you know, put Doc Strange on ice a little bit. Like when he gets covered, when he gets caught in the Grand Canyon, great use, great, great CGI as well. My God, like seriously, this, the mirror dimension looks fantastic in Doctor Strange's solo film. But in this film as well, it is just out of this world. Some of the spectacles within that whole world, and I was just, can this can this be topped? You know what I mean? Can we can we get any better in this film? And obviously we do. Um, but I thought it was great use of the geometry aspect of it, keeping him locked in there, because I just think that there've been too many. As an audience member, we may have been overwhelmed a little bit with like too many like characters. If Doctor Strange was on knocking about, it's a little bit like how would do the two Spider Men come into it to help him? Um, so I thought that was a really great use, and I don't really think any there was no like flaw with with the, you know like keeping Doctor Strange aside. I thought he was in the film for just the right amount begin at the beginning come back at the end sorting it all out jobs are good and kind of thing but no this curing aspect i thought was a really really interesting approach to it and one that like i said i was not expecting to have spider-man have all these villains and then be like right i'll cure you especially like when it comes to doc Ock, which this is the thing with doc with doc Ock, when, when you say alpha melina i was so happy to see him back and i still think obviously yeah did a fantastic job and, and all of the returning villains did such a good job as i say willem dafoe alpha melina obviously jamie fox as well getting another crack at the um electro the other two villains as say uh, obviously sandman 
and um, and the lizard. Sorry, they they you know they, I felt like they were there just to kind of make up numbers. Not not in an all like they didn't overuse them though. Or like they didn't like overcram us. Sorry, with 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 villains and such because you know we've learned before that's not really we've seen before. Sorry, as an audience, that's not really what we want. As long as it's got a good story, it doesn't really matter how many villains you've got. As long as it's not like like I said overwhelming or just poorly written and executed. I did feel that there was some great great like I said the humor between the villains as well was absolutely absolutely fantastic. Like when Jamie Foxx is chatting to Sam, I'm being like, yeah, got to watch where you fall <laughs> in terms in like in referencing their their origin story. Like the Jamie Foxx, like I felt like he really grabbed this this new take on Electro back with both hands and ran with it because I think he was so far so superior to what he was in in the Amazing Spider Man two. Like I said before, with the Amazing Spider Man two and and Jamie Fox in particular, and of course Andrew Garfield, you know, you're just wasting talent in such a mediocre film. Really, like it was such a shame what they did with Electro and turning him blue. I was happy to see that he started off blue in this film and then obviously you know got his normal body back and everything. Um, but you know the, the the look and everything, the aesthetic for the for, for Electro really was just absolutely spot on for me love the fact as i said before he's got his classic comic mask you know electric mask or whatever but i just felt that it was a real real uh, great performance sorry from from jamie fox and i felt that he brought in some great humor in there kind of got sprinklers on maybe a little bit of personality in it as well because uh, his portrayal of electro in this in no way home was so far better than what we got in the amazing spider-man 2 it is a shame as i say that the lizard and sandman did feel a little bit of like just kind of add-ons as much as i i enjoyed seeing them back and i was very happy to see that when flint marco came back in that he was um yeah he was like still the good guy sorry he wasn't like a villain per se he was still kind of like oh you know peter it's me sam and it's flint kind of thing i'll you know that interchange and exchange about them not being from the same universe i thought that it was interesting sam man only really turns bad when he's kind of like i want to go home now like i genuinely i want to go back to my daughter which which is far which is fair enough you know i mean it's a valid reason to get out of this universe he's not in the right universe he wants to go home that's enough to kind of tick anyone off really if, if things aren't going as planned obviously he's got villain tendencies and he can turn into sand like into anything he wants of course he's going to use that um I, like i said the lizard was probably the one that was probably the most underused but again he had some great moments and and this is the thing when when they're fighting with their spider-man from their universes i was just like it was just taking me back to those moments like i said i think andrew garfield had the most interaction with his own villains from his films especially that moment when he's like saying to electro can we just talk for a minute can we just stop and talk for a minute i was literally like just took me straight back to first seeing amazing spider-man 2 and even with when you know kurt connors and such and and, and obviously the lizard you know there's some great work there and it was just really nice especially when we got to see that Tobey Maguire as well fighting against the lizard which I think where they were kind of leaning towards for his fourth Spider-Man film another Vulture was going to be in it but I do believe as well that the lizard was going to be part of that as well um so it was nice to seeing them you know with characters that like like you'll, you're probably familiar as well as a kid for me with the Spider-Man films I was always like with Tobey Maguire especially I was always like wondering who the next villain was going to be in the film or what they could do next or who else they could bring in and the li lizard was always one character that I wish that Tobey Maguire had um, you know, had fought against and, and had that kind of battle, sorry. Um, but it doesn't matter, now we've got it, it's another tick, so it's like, great, this is... Uh yeah, this is wonderful. Um, but like I said just a moment or two ago, or a few minutes ago rather, that I felt that Doc, Doc Ock was a little bit underused. I thought that his bridge fight sequence was just brilliant. Like, it looked amazing. It was so good seeing him come back straight in, getting the reference in, you know, the power of the sun in the palm of my hands, asking Peter what he's done with his machine. I thought the whole visual effects of that were absolutely wonderful. Like, seeing this destruction on this bridge, um, like, and I was not expecting, obviously, for the nanotech to then be kind of like the reason why Doc Ock's tentacles are Doc 
Parker, you know, he stopped at that moment when he's like, you're not Peter Parker kind of thing. I just wish that their battle scene maybe went on a little bit longer. At least we've got like another fight between Spider-Man and Doc Ock because let's face it, like the battle between Spider-Man and Doc Ock in Spider-Man 2 with Tobey Maguire is, I think it's argued online and, and still to this day argued that it is the greatest fight, superhero fight sequence ever. And it is fantastic. Like it's a wonderful, wonderful like set piece and, and great spectacle to watch. And maybe that's why they kind of didn't want to overdo it with Doc Ock because it's almost like, well, what's the point when we're never really going to reach those heights again? I don't know, like a, as a creative decision, I thought it was interesting that like Doc Ock came in, had a quick like, you know, quick one two with Spider Man, and then he was, you know, you know, shifted off to the um to the to the underground, whatever it's called, that that, that Doctor Strange holds uh, all the uh, all the villains in. Um, but I do think that Alfred Molina's performance was really, really great as well, especially like that moment when they cure him and he's got full control over the tentacles again. You can just see that relief and he's like in his face and he's just so so happy to be to be Doc Ock again. And that that interchange with with Norman as well, when he's like, "How does it feel that you're going to be cured?" kind of thing. And you can see there's this like weight lifted that he's not a monster anymore. And that's the thing, like Doc Ock was never really a monster. Um, he just just lost his way and allowed, obviously from from the, the 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 accident that happened, you know, that's what kind of twisted his mind a little bit with the with the with the tentacles. So it was really really lovely to see that relief, obviously, and strain gone from him. But you know, while we're talking about villains, I mean, let's talk about the main G here. Let's talk about Willem Dafoe because I think that performance and acting levels, oh, Willem Dafoe absolutely nails it in this film. Like I was gutted at first when we saw him first arrive and it kind of shifted, a, you know, it kind of the portal opened and, and then he was gone. I was like, what? You can't leave it like this. And then next thing you know, we see him, you know, that we hear the goblin talking to, to Norman and he's got the, he's got the goblin mask on the, on the bin. And then when he smashed it within the first couple of minutes, I was gutted that, um, that he'd got rid of this iconic mask. I was like, I've been waiting to see this mask for ages, as if that's just happened. But then, when his performance is as good as it is, and his face is as twisted and 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 menacing and evil as it as it is, why did they put a mask on him in the first place in the original one? Because honest to God, like that moment when 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 Spider Man, Tom Holland Spider Man, is on top of Goblin in the in the apartment block, and he's smacking him in the face, absolutely smacking him, and the Goblin's taking it, taking it, taking it, and then he turns around with that twisted smile on his face and just starts laughing at him. I was like, this man's like just insane, like all levels of crazy. But my God, what a performer. What a piece of acting that was. Like, honestly, why did they put a mask on him in the first place? They should have just given him like some kind of hoodie like they did or like a, a, a goblin hat that he has from the comics and just let him run free with it because there's no reason whatsoever, I think now, to ever have Willem Dafoe's face covered up as the goblin. Yeah, fair enough for marketing and for toys and such. That's why they did it. I get it completely. But geez, Lee, like honestly... Are you kidding me? Like that was his performance was absolutely, absolutely out of this world. Like easily for me, my favorite performance in this film is Willem Dafoe as, as the Goblin, with hands down, absolutely hands down. Like I said, that the, the attention to detail as well for him as well. Like there's a moment when Spider-Man gets thrown against the wall in the apartment block, and then we see the silhouette and the shadow of Goblin against um, against the wall. And it looks just like the Goblin from the comics. It literally just looks like the Goblin from the comics. The way that they've like they made the hood look like a, look like the hat, the Goblin hat. Honestly, when you watch it again, you'll see it and you'll just be like, "Oh, this is honestly attention to the finest detail." I thought that everyone involved, like I said, John Watson, everyone, all the writers and such, and everyone who's, who's had a part to play in this film has done an amazing, amazing job with it. Uh, but Willem Dafoe, honestly, in terms of the villains, easily my favorite. I thought that he was just fantastic. Like I say, with the whole him when that 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 moment when it when it changed when it when it completely. Changed, 
change. You think things are going one way. You think it's going to work out for Spider-Man. He's cured, obviously, Doc Ock. He's in the process of curing Electro, who's a little bit funny about it anyways. But when Peter Parker's trying to work out, like, who of these villains is turning, who's the bad guy, and the way they use the spider sense in this film was well, well-crafted. Like, I felt the use of the camera work there as well, like, when he's following him real close up, and it's like a, a bit of a, a, a muffled a muffled sound, obviously. Everything in the background's kind of going in and out. And he's there, his face, you can see, this, they say the performance with Tom Holland, honestly, 10 out of 10, without a shadow of a doubt, because he's there trying to work out who it is exactly that he's twisting and changing and becoming the bad guy again. And that when he webs not when he webs uh, Norman Osborn and uh, he's all like you know asking like when when Otto is like well, what's going on it's like Norman's on sabbatical right now honestly. I'm just all for it. I thought that it was amazing. And, and obviously, sadly, you know, I think that Goblin probably utilised what he tried to do in the original trilogy because, you know, the first thing that he wanted to do when he realised that Tobey Maguire was Spider-Man in, in his original trilogy, he says, you know, we need to go for the heart, attack the heart, and he goes for Aunt May. That's exactly what he does in this. And he says to Peter, obviously, try to cure me, I'll, tr- I'll definitely cure you kind of thing, and trying to make him this vengeful, like, Spider-Man almost, like, twisting him and, and trying to put him on a, a much darker path than what... Than what Tom Holland obviously was was expecting or what Peter Parker was expecting to be on because when Aunt May goes, like it is so heartbreaking. Like honestly, so, so heartbreaking. Like the emotion, you feel it in that scene when she gets taken out by the glider. I was a little bit surprised to see her stand up as quick as she did afterwards. I was like, How have you managed to survive that? Have you been bitten by a spider that we <laughs> that we don't know about? Um but that 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 said that that moment between the two of them and like I said, Tom Holland's performance says she's passing away, or at least when she passes and he's like, May wake up, honestly. You feel every emotion in this. I I, I honestly like just have to praise again. As I, said, I know I mentioned already like Tom Holland, but he, he just really, really did such a good job. I think everyone acting-wise brought it, brought their A game to this film. And the cinematography after that, like when he stood in front of that screen with J. Jonah Jameson, like talking and saying what's happened. It was just so, so bloody heartbreaking. But also, like, the cinematography, sorry, was was fantastic. It reminded me of, like, Blade Runner, like, the use of the colour, the lighting, the, the, the rain effect as well, obviously, that was hitting Tom Holland's face. I just thought that all of it was... It was easily one of my favourite shots in, in the MCU, if I'm being completely honest. It's only on the screen for about a minute or two, if that. But it was just well, well executed. But easily say, it's just so heartbreaking. And, and it's, in a way, I know I said before that I was, I think in one of my previous build-up podcasts uh, episodes that I did for Spider-Man that I felt that Aunt May would go. There's a difference, like I said before, to saying something, to speculating it, then seeing it on screen and you're like, oh, and Bennett, this is heartbreaking. Uh, really, really was. But again, though, fantastic performance from Marissa Tomei as Aunt, as Aunt May. I've really enjoyed her as May Parker. I know that she's a much younger Aunt May, but I thought she was just great. And, and they said that the relationship with her and Happy as well, obviously. And, and John Favreau, he's, he's, he's in the film, he's not in it, as much, but he does bring that kind of humor and balance that that he's brought in without that he's brought with with the rest of his performance and portrayals in the MCU. So love it to have Happy in there again, but it's just terrible circumstances, obviously with with May passing. It was just awful. But it, again, quality quality delivery and great performance from everyone involved in that scene. So yeah, but Willem Dafoe though, like honestly, like he's. Uh, yeah, up there now. Like, he's really, like, set a bar for me, like, in terms of great villains in the MCU. Like, it's one thing to be a villain in your own trilogy with Tobey Maguire, but then to come in to the MCU and really shine as bright as he did. I'm just a bit like, who who's going to top that? Let's be honest. Like, who is... This guy is the king of, uh, of performing, king of acting, and king of uh, villains, it seems. For me, anyways. But that could be a bit biased to my nostalgia for the original Spider-Man film. As much as I love the second one, like I keep saying, the first Spider-Man for me is uh, is, is absolutely, um, yeah, mwah, chef's kiss. 
Uh, but yeah, it, it was it was a fantastic, fantastic film. I just want to go over a few other spoils that while we're talking on this discussion. How good was it seeing Daredevil? Charlie Cox is back as Daredevil. Matt Murdock makes his first MCU appearance, and what a great little cameo as well. Only very minor, but when that cane first hit on the screen, you were like, yep, here we go. He's in. Peter's lawyer is in the house. It's Matt Murdock. And again, just it has me more excited for the future. I really want to see Daredevil again because I love the TV series of Daredevil on Netflix. If you've not seen that, get on it. Seriously, so bloody good. Um, he, he was just great to have him in. Love the cameo. Has me, as I say, excited to see what's going to happen with him next. Obviously, Kevin Feige has already said that, yep, he is going to be the, uh, the the Daredevil moving forward. So, you know, don't worry about that. As fans, we're all like, yay! <laughs> and of course, what they're doing with, with Hawkeye. Spoilers, obviously, for that. You know, they've got in, you know, uh, Kingpin's just arrived into Hawkeye. So, it's all happening. Like, everything's kind of like, you know, coming into place. And I am so, so happy. But when he caught that brick and he's like, how'd you do that? I was like, I'm a really good lawyer. It's like, damn right he is. Like, what a great little cameo. And uh, I was I was happy with that because I, I I felt again that had they brought Daredevil into it, maybe that again would have been a little bit too... Um too over, overkill, a little bit like overwhelming us with, with just so many different characters but hey, who am I to complain? This film was just absolutely top notch for what it got so I, I'm just, you know what, just do what you want if I'm being honest, like I don't think this film could have failed if I'm being honest, because that's the thing, like I said before we can hype and hype and hype a film but sometimes you can feel a bit like, am I overhyping this? Is this going to be terrible? Sometimes you just need to go with the hype because you'll be proven right, so there you go. Uh, the only thing I want to say as well is it was really nice to have Andrew Garfield get some kind of closure and redemption to what happened with Gwen Stacy obviously because that moment when he catches MJ was a very, very powerful moment as well. You can tell in the in the portrayal as well. And again, Andrew Garfield's acting in this film was just 10 out of 10 as well. It was just fantastic. But when he catches her and you can see the sheer emotion and relief of catching her and took him back straight back to that place where he couldn't save Gwen, but he's managed to save MJ. And I think that was such a, a, a significant moment in, 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 you know, in shift for his character because when he goes back to his own universe, maybe that will then put him on a much clearer path because it said from the get-go that you know when he's chatting to Peter that he's never been able to kind of get over it he's always lived with that it was just really nice for him to have that moment and again it's weird that everyone was speculating that that was going to happen in the film everyone was saying from the trailer that it was going to be uh, it was going to be Andrew that was going to save MJ and not Peter and uh, not Tom Holland sorry um, not Tom Holland's Peter that was going to save her so well done internet you got that one right but I, I thought it was a real nice moment between the two speaking of MJ as well I've already said Zendaya's performance has been absolutely wonderful as MJ over the course of the films and especially now that Peter Parker and MJ are in a relationship together it was just I've enjoyed watching these two together so much I, you know, I know that again for me, obviously, Kirsten Dunst's MJ and, and Tobey Maguire's. Peter Parker, that all that too is a great relationship and great chemistry on screen. But I think the chemistry between Zendaya and Tom Holland, obviously, I know that they're, they're you know dating in real life and such. It might be on some level easy to represent a true relationship on 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 the screen. I've just found them both just so much more believable than any other kind of relationship that's been on screen. I mean, yeah, you could argue as well that Gwen Stacy, obviously, and 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 Peter Parker in the Amazing Spider-Man had a great chemistry. And again, I believe they were dating as well at the time. But I don't know, like, I, th I still think that the Zendaya and Tom Holland relationship was, uh, has been really, really, just a lot better, really. I think that they've, they, it was, especially that moment at the end, you know, like, the, you can see the hurt and, and the the heartbreak that Zendaya's going through when she realises that she's going to forget Peter Parker and she doesn't want to, she's like, I don't want to do that, well, I don't, I don't want to forget you kind of thing. Like, after everything they've been through, of course you wouldn't want to. And I found a, I found a performance so believable and I found, I don't know, I, I've loved this MJ. I think that she's just been kind of like that cool kind of MJ, that cool girlfriend that Peter's got that completely understands and respects what he wants to do and what he does and this, that and the other but also she's really smart herself and she can help 
where she can. And same for Ned as well. Like, obviously, Jacob Batalan, who plays Ned, he's been amazing in this. Like, I've enjoyed him so much as this trio, this dynamic trio. I think they're absolutely fantastic together. Heartbreaking again at the end of this film when they all forget him. Like, it's such a sad note to leave on, really, isn't it, when you think about it? Like, everyone in the world has been saved, obviously, and, and everything's back to normal again. But sadly, no one remembers Peter Parker because that's the thing with the spell originally, like when it went wrong, everyone who knew Peter Parker was pulled into this universe. Um, and obviously to reverse that, they need to forget who Peter Parker is, which obviously kind of takes reference and elements from the comic storyline uh, One More Day, which is very like 50-50 with fans. I do I do know that a lot of fans either don't mind it. I think more fans don't like it or don't mind it than they do like it because the problem with that particular storyline is it kind of retconned everything that went off before. And that's a big no-no when it comes to like comics and, or any storyteller, let's be honest, they wake up and it was all a dream hurrah not a good uh, not a good move obviously and, and Mephisto is the is the like kind of the villain of that one you know I think the story goes that Aunt May takes some kind of fatal fatal hit I think she gets shot or something and and, and Peter Parker can you know save her well, Mephisto offers to save her but in doing so everyone will forget including MJ that um that he's Spider-Man obviously and it plays out that way so there's definite references and elements there from that and I do think that the No Way Home storyline handles everything so much better because yeah you could argue as well that they've retconned it at the end by having everyone forget him and now this leaves Peter Parker on a journey where he can now come out of the MCU. Uh, I don't think that will be the case. I think that, yeah, he will be still within the MCU, but I think it will be very, very... Um, very like far apart really and this is the beauty of this film for me having all this Spider-Man and I did say before in my spoiler free review that this is like the most Spider-Man film that I've watched that felt uh, out of the MCU films that Spider-Man's been in this is the one that felt the less MCU film and that's purely because we've got all these villains like from obviously the films that weren't part of the MCU before all these other Spider-Man coming into it as well you've got a few MCU characters here and there but you know the main thing is is this is a Spider-Man film and this is where I think this is where the journey is going to go now this is where the direction of these films are going to go and I'm all for that 100% behind it like I've got no issues whatsoever with it being part of the MCU or with these films and the the help that he's had because I know that a lot of people online as well didn't like the fact that this Peter Parker or Tom Holland's Peter Parker was getting help from Iron Man was getting help from whoever this that and the other um, I, I've not I've not minded because it, it was a nice nice change really from what we've had before and it definitely kept these films apart but now we're moving into a, into a, like obviously familiar territory but at the same time it's not so familiar like I really can't wait to see what they do next with this character like I love what they've done in bringing back that classic suit at the end that Tom Holland's Peter Parker has made himself he's flying through the snow as he does in the comics it's, a great, it's just a great reference to the comics again in that moment and like I say it does leave us on a bit of a, a bit of a sad a sad feel a sad vibe obviously having the fact that you know he goes to tell MJ and, and obviously Ned who he is but he can't do it because obviously he sees the cut this, that, and the other that she's got and it's a reminder as to you know like the hurt or the pain that he can cause being Spider-Man so I get it completely still really sad though but it's interesting to see if things will get turned around if they will then remember him eventually I really hope they do because I think that again the chemistry like I said before with Zendaya and Tom Holland is wonderful to watch on screen but this film overall has been such such a fantastic uh, just just a pleasure to watch really as I said that like I said the humour in this film was absolutely out of the park that nailed it the action unbelievable action honestly and as I said before like I, I think as a character piece Spider-Man 2 is the best Spider-Man film it's a great like I said character piece on Peter Parker but in terms of the best Spider-Man film Film, this is your one. This No Way Home is without a shadow of a doubt the best Spider-Man film. It has absolutely everything. It's got all your Spider-Man in it, all your villains in it, like 
honestly, what more could you possibly want? And I am sat here right now trying to think if there's anything else that I've missed while going over the spoiler-free, uh, spoiler-filled review. Um, I'm hoping I've not missed out anything, but if I have, I'm sure you guys will let me know. Do get in touch, and if you want to talk about this film, let's do it because I'm I am all for it. Obviously, I cannot wait to see it again. Uh, really, really excellent film. Easily a ten out of ten. Ah, that's it. Before I do finish, the only thing I wanted to say, obviously, because I mentioned it before, was that the post-credit scene was the only thing that I was a little bit like, mm, not unsure, but a little bit, um, I don't know, like not gutted or anything. Just felt like it was uh, the, the my least favorite part. And, and and granted, obviously, I know it involved Eddie Brock and Venom, and I've already said in the previous podcast, I quite like the Venom films. The first one, I really didn't mind as much as what everyone else apparently did on the internet or online or whatever. Um, the second one I thought was K. Okay. But bringing him into the MCU had me really, really excited. At least I was like, okay, like we're going to definitely get some kind of Tom Hardy and and, and Tom Holland showdown as Spider-Man and Venom, only for it to be gone within a minute, if that. Like I, I really, I didn't understand. Like I get it, he has to go back because it's part of the spell and, and everyone returns to their universe. But to bring him in at the end of Venom, let it be carnage. To take him out at the end of this one with real no, I don't know. It was just almost felt like a. They did it to bring the symbiote in and leave a bit of the symbiote to then latch on eventually to um, to Spider-Man. Because obviously if there's, if Tom Hardy and, and, and Eddie Brock was, was thinking to go to New York to chat to Spider-Man and he's left a bit of the symbiote behind, of course the symbiote's going to, you know, jump and, and, you know, try and get to New York. So it's, it's bound to happen. Symbiote's bound to happen and get the black suit, which is very exciting. But I just felt that, I don't know, like, do we need another Eddie Brock in this universe or do we can we not just go with what we've got? Because... It's getting a bit confusing, this Marvel Universe, especially like Morbius. Morbius is the most interesting film that's going to be coming out, I think, to see where that fits because there's a lot of different uh, references to the three Spider-Man films in those trailers and such in different like universes of, of like David, David Bugle or Oscorp or Vulture even. He pops up in it, so that'll be interesting to see what happens there, but there's great possibilities coming and I'm very, very excited. But yeah, in terms of like a little bit of underwhelming me, I think that um, yeah, the, the whole post-credit scene was just a little bit of a miss for me, but again, taking nothing away the two and a half hours before that was absolutely amazing so honestly i can live with just a post-credit scene that didn't live up to i suppose because i didn't really know what to expect from the post-credit scene anyway so i, I can live with it basically but overall spider-man no way home is an absolute fantastic feat i think that john watson co and everyone kevin feige and, and sony marvel have done absolutely absolutely bloody brilliant with this i think it's an absolute stunning piece it's easily up there with like well obviously easily up there with my favorite film of the year probably is my favorite film of the year but in terms of best films of the year without a shadow of a doubt this is one of them easily easily if you've seen it though of course do get in touch jump onto the facebook and search joe blogs about films give it a like give it a follow whichever it is thank you ever so much for doing so of course as i already mentioned at the start please hit notify notification button on spotify apple or google podcast so you can be notified when a new episode pops up but i really hope you've enjoyed my spoiler discussion spoiler review whatever on spider-man no way home what a film this is great to have everyone back great to see andrew toby and co uh, and, and tom holland sorry like you know interacting together it was so so much fun but thank you ever so much again for listening my christmas special will be coming this week as well don't miss it i'm looking forward to that but until then take care